Well, good morning, and it is a, a privilege and an honor for me to be able to be with you today and this morning, and Emily and I, my wife Emily's right over there, um, we're just so thankful for, for your church and churches like you who have been praying for us and supporting us in, in so many different ways, and um, it's, it's fun to be able to get to, to meet and, and see some of you who um, have been such a blessing. I also want to recognize that um, Roman and Natalia Ostapchuk, I hope I said that right, <laughs> close, um, they, are, they were the, the first family that we met uh, when we moved to Lincoln and have been uh, uh, such a help and a blessing to us as we have been church planting for about a year and a half now. Um, and uh, they were, were gracious enough to come along uh, with us out to Dickinson and help us with our, our two foster kids, uh, which um, maybe like Zane are a little bit rambunctious at times. So... I'm glad that this is a welcoming congregation for them as well. So several years ago, um, I was a, a youth intern at a church um, that, uh, while I was there, I got the opportunity to live with a pastor and his family. And uh, as a, a, young, a young guy, I was, one, wanting to prove myself as an adult and being independent, and two, I was already uh, imposing by staying with someone, and I didn't want to make um, any, any problems for them. So I tried to be as independent and self-reliant as I could. Also, I can be a little proud at times, and so asking for help just it doesn't suit that well. Maybe I'm the only one, but kind of doubt it. So as I was staying with this, this family, I went out to my car one, one Sunday, and I was... Uh, gonna start it to go to church. But I had left the headlights on or something, and the car was flat. It did not even turn over. And so I made the only logical decision that one would. Um, instead of going inside and asking for a jump, I decided I was gonna push start my own manual transmission. Um, which, you know, might not be a good idea even if you had a hill to help you, but I was on a flat parking lot with ice underneath. So, uh, young, energetic Carl got behind his car and pushed it as fast as he could on that slippery ice and then ran around to the driver's side, jumped in the car, and tried to pop out the clutch. And um, needless to say, it, it didn't work. But I tried again. And the second time, it also did not work. Uh, and who knows how many times I would have tried or what I would have hurt or broke in the process if I was not stopped by the pastor I was staying with who graciously came out and offered to give me a jump and also gave me some uh, gracious corrective words of wisdom. And uh, those words I, I need to be reminded of even to this day. And it is, Carl, you need to ask for help. And perhaps I'm the only one that needs to ask for help. Um, but assuming that I'm not, the, the text here for us today is, is going to be talking about our need for help. Um, but before I, I read from 2 Corinthians, I, I want to give a little bit of background. So the, the epistle of Corinthians was written as a, a letter to a church. Um, it was a church that 
Paul had been influential in getting started, and it was a church that had, like any churches, it had problems. And so Paul would write uh, a couple of letters back to them as a way of teaching and correcting and uh, giving them guidance of how to live as a body of believers. And so in this particular uh, part, he's addressing a group of people called the super apostles. And I don't know if they claim that title themselves or that's just a tongue-in-cheek title he gave them. Um, but it was a group of people who were really proud about how awesome and good they were, and they wanted everyone to know it. And also they tried to use their awesome apostleship to uh, teach things that were contrary to the truth of God's word. So Paul is writing a, uh, a correction against these super apostles and stating that he is a more qualified person than they are, even though he doesn't go around and boasting about himself. So that's the background as we read our, our uh, text for today. And it comes from 2 Corinthians 12, verses 1 through 2, and I invite you to rise out of respect to God's word if you're able. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 10. I must go on boasting, though there is nothing to be gained by it. And I will go on to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man who in Christ, who 14 years ago was caught up out of the third heaven. Whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man was caught up into paradise, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And he heard things that cannot be told, which man may not utter. On behalf of this man, I will boast, but not on my own behalf. I will not boast, except in my weaknesses. Though if I should wish to boast, I would not be a fool, for I would be speaking the truth, but I refrain from it, so that no one may think more of me than he sees in me or hears from me. So to keep me from becoming conceited because of these surpassing greatness of the revelations, a, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that, I sh that it should leave me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly in my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you would weaken us today. I pray that you would break us down, remove our walls, remove our pride, humble us, so that the power of the gospel may rest on us today. We pray these things in your name. Amen. You may be seated. So Paul is teaching from in Corinthians here that 
it is not our strength that we should be boasting in, but our weakness. And, and there's several reasons in which he does this. But the first is simply that our strength is not near as strong as we think it is. Even if some of you would consider yourself strong today, we'll most certainly face the fate that all humans do, and that is death, where even the strongest of people are not able to overpower it. And instead of boasting in our strength, Paul says that we should boast in our weakness. On a, on a Sunday morning like, like this, we might be tempted to, to come to church as one would come to a fashion show or a, uh, a car show. We want our lives to be all put together. We want everything to, to look good and we want people to, to see our best side. Even if our best side isn't that good, it's sure better than our bad side. And we try to show how put together, how, how strong we are in front of others. And yet, that is the exact opposite of what Paul is instructing us to do. For when we come to church, it's not us coming as one in strength, but as in humility. For then, Paul says, for then the power of God may rest on you. It's in our weakness that God's power is made perfect. I had the opportunity to be a, a lifeguard for some time in college, and as a lifeguard, they, they teach you how to, different ways of saving drowning people. And in deep water, that's the, the, one of the more dangerous places to, to be because not only can the person who's drowning be is in danger, but it can also place yourself in danger as well. And when you're, you're seeking to save someone and, and you get, reach a drowning person, the drowning person may not be helpful. In fact, they could be even detrimental to themselves and to you. For they will, they will clutch and they'll grab and they'll thrash with all their might, possibly pushing you out or even worse, knocking you unconscious in an effort to save themselves in their own strength. And it is only when they are still, when they acknowledge their weak state and their need for help, that they are able to receive the saving work of a lifeguard can give. It is in the weakness that they can receive the lifeguard's strength. And so for a drowning person to, to boast about how much they can squat or how much they can lift or how fast they can run a mile is simply useless because it is unconsequential at that time. Similarly, how much money we make or how well our kids are doing in sports or what our retirement plans are, boasting in such worldly things are useless before an almighty and powerful God who seeks to save our broken, dying hearts. And so, boasting in our strength 
truly useless because our strength is not strength at all. It is just an unrecognition of our weakness. And so as we come to church, we shouldn't come to church as people coming to a pageant or to a car show. Instead, we should come to church as one comes to a hospital. As broken people who need help. Sick people who need a savior. And as we come recognizing our weakness, we can recognize that this weakness is actually a gift. But how can this weakness be a gift? Paul says that he pleads three times with the Lord to remove this thorn from his flesh because it tormented him. And we don't know what this thorn in the flesh was. It could have been something physical or a a mental illness or something spiritual, possibly a combination of all of them. But this thorn in his flesh was a torment to him. And I know that we all have received a thorn in our flesh. And yet, if you're like me, my first response is to try to remove that thorn. Any kind of weakness or any kind of pain that I'm experiencing is something I want to get rid of as fast as I can. But Paul says that his weakness is what makes him strong. Or in his weakness, he is strong. For this weakness is actually a gift. It is a gift that God has given Paul, that he gives us to keep us reliant on him. It is a gift that he gives us to keep us from becoming conceited, becoming proud of our life that we think is all put together, of all the gifts that we see how God has blessed us. He keeps us from becoming dependent on our own power. For if a person drowning in the middle of a lake were to think, I've got this all together. I'm doing great. I'm not experiencing anything negative. They would sink to the bottom of the lake thinking that they were the strongest one out there. And it is only through their weakness, through the terrible experience of what drowning might feel like, that they realize that they need help. And that they call out and wave frantically for someone to help them. And so, weakness, trials and, and struggles that we have in our life are a gift. And they're a gift because they bring us to our Savior, they expose our need for a Savior. In verse 10, it says, For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weaknesses, with insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. 
For when I am weak, then I am strong. And because when we are weak, we are strong, it's because of that that we get to join Paul and boast in our weaknesses. Now, it, when you say boast in weakness, I, my first thought is that, oh, well, that means that now instead of a, a beauty pageant of uh, how beautiful I'm looking, it's now like, have you seen those like ugly dog competitions? <laughs> it's where the competition is not to be the best looking dog, but you want to have the absolute ugliest dog. The one that's got like mange and like eyes bulging out on the side and missing teeth and tongue that's hanging out. And where they try to make, they purposely try to make the dog look even worse than it is. And so is that what boasting in our weaknesses? Where we say like, well, you know, I was out yesterday and I got so drunk I couldn't even find my way to the door. And then, then I went and robbed a bank. And on my way I hit three people as I was driving home. No. That's not what Paul is talking about at all. In, in 1 Corinthians 15, his previous letter to the, the church in Corinth, he says, he gives us an example of what boasting and weakness is. Verses 9 to 10, he says, For I am the least of the apostles, and I do not even deserve to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was within me. And Paul a man that God used to plant churches all across the known world to write many of the New Testament books of the Bible. This same Paul was also a man who was a persecutor of the church. This man who is spreading Christianity once sought to destroy it and destroy any mention of one he would later call a savior. And so Paul is talking about his own weakness not as a way of trying to outdo others, but as a way of showing how powerful and how awesomely gracious God is. And so boasting in weakness is not trying to draw attention to ourselves, but instead it's drawing attention to our Savior and painting an accurate picture of where we were and how Christ in his grace has saved us and brought us to where we are now. And God's power was displayed in Paul by taking one who was persecuting the church to one who was proclaiming Christ and spreading his good news. And God's power is also displayed in our hearts from taking a dead sinner to a live and loving Christian. And God's power is ultimately displayed in weakness with Jesus on the cross. For when, when Paul says, "My power is, God's power is made perfect in weakness, made perfect 
it's got the same root as what Jesus said when he was hanging on the cross. What God, in all of his power and might, when he humbled himself to be mocked, to be beat, to be scorned, and on the cross, with his dying breaths, he calls out, It is finished. It is finished. That in Christ's weakest state, God's power was completed. The power that can save a sinner like me was not done through mighty acts of power or courageous deeds that we would recognize, but was done with Jesus humbling himself, becoming weak to the point of death on a cross. And so boasting in our strength is not only useless, but it is contrary to God's design. Because when we are weak, then his power makes us strong. There's been many people who have come up to me and, and said, yeah, I, I'm glad you're church planning because I could never do it. There's no way I could do that. And to be honest, there's no way I can do it either. I'm really not that good of a pastor or a church planner. I'm just a broken sinner. And if you're honest, I think you'll find yourself right alongside me. And it is only through God's power at work that he's chosen to use me to plant a church. He's also chosen to use many other people to join me in this process. And so one of the, the gifts I get to do, one of the hardest things I get to do, I get to ask people to help. Because I can't plan a church on my own. And it's families at the Ostopchiks, other families in Lincoln, people abroad that are supporting us from afar, all working together in our weakness to share the good news of Christ's strength. And so I'd encourage you Instead of saying, God can't use me, God can never use me like that, say, God, use me. Use me in my weakness. Use my shortcomings. Use my pain. Use my suffering. Use it for your glory, God. For when I'm weak, then I am strong. Would you pray with me? Oh, Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you would use us today, this week and for the rest of our lives. Pray that you would use us in our weakness so that your strength may shine, your strength may be complete. Help us to 
be honest, recognizing our need for you, to humble ourselves so that we can be used by you. Pray these things in your name. Amen.